I'm Holly. And I'm Haley. Welcome to Mountain Mysteries, Tales from Appalachia. Welcome back, everybody. Haley is sipping her beverage. I am, and it's got a glass straw on it. It makes us a little, like... You added that. Clink, clink um, noise. Uh, we were, I was on my way here. The lady at Starbucks said, do you think sh- you want a straw? And I said, no, we don't need a stinking <laughs> straw. I do need And then straw. Haley needed a straw, so she, she but brought it's her a, own. But it's a metal straw, so I'm, like, saving the planet. Yes, you are. I'm very bit. proud of you yeah. with with the plastic that you're drinking with out of. With the plastic cup that I'm drinking. It's okay. We're going to re- we're going to recycle it. We will recycle. I am big on recycling. I am too. Um all right, Haley, are you ready to jump right in? I'm so ready. Okay. Let's let's do it. Today, we're talking about the Shiloh Forestry Compound. Have you ever heard of this? No. Okay. So I hadn't either. Um and this has a very storied history, very haunted. Nice. Yeah. And I, I don't do as many haunted stories as you do, so I'm really excited about this. I'm excited, too. I'm excited to hear one. Me, too. So this is located uh, near the Biltmore Estate in Asheville, North Carolina. So we're, mm-hmm. we're headed back to Asheville this week. I like it. Um, I was so excited because the more I dived into the story, dove. Dove? dove. Dived? Dove? You dove. In- the more I dove, English is hard. <laughs> the more I dove into the story, the more I was like, oh my gosh, I want to visit this place. Yeah. So I want to start off by giving complete credit to the Asheville Terrors blog site for this information. I love that site. I love that site. You got me turned on know, to it. It's and so good. Yeah, it's amazing. So, all right. I don't know who the person is. I don't either, like, but actually, I think we should have them on the, the podcast. If you're out there and you write that blog. <laughs> You're out Hit there. <laughs> Come talk to us. We'd love to interview you. Yes. So um, before we get started, I just want to clarify that a forestry compound, at least in this context, was a building used like a school uh, to teach about forestry, and it also housed a lot of the equipment. Um, yeah. And I also think this is one of the places where the forestry specialist, the teacher, lived. Okay. I see. I was thinking compound, and I'm thinking more like a... I don't really know. Like a like a plot of land that's like got a lot going on. More like a national park type situation. Sort of. I mean, sort of in a sense. I mean, you know, it was it, there was a lot of land around it. Um, and we'll get into a little bit more of the history of it. But I just wanted to give you some some context of what this building was because I just hear forestry compound and I'm like. Mm. But also compound, I kind of think cult a little bit yeah yeah like, like they're on a compound yeah like every time they talk about waco they're like in the waco compound yeah and it's like yeah. oh yeah it doesn't sound good not great no okay we could get our own compound we could um yeah. i don't think we make enough money to have a compound it's gonna be fine <laughs> be just tents we we can we'll get followers yeah it'll start out as a tent city yeah listeners um (laughs) if you want to come and put a tent up in a random field with us let us know here's the thing i'm bougie i need an indoor bathroom best i can do is porta potty i'm gonna show up in an rv i'm gonna be very bougie in that way but i'm gonna have to have somebody dump the you know 
dumps the black water? That's correct. Yeah. I mean, I can, best I can do is porta potty. I don't appreciate that. That's all I got. That's all I got. All right. Here's the thing, and you can completely say yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hotel. Well, just for us, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. The, the people are intense outside. Well, obviously, the, okay. outside the hotel. In the parking lot. But, you know, let's do it swanky. Like, let's do it a little bit better. Like, you know, not in, like, Eco Lodge. Let's do something like the Holiday Inn. I was like, not a Super 8? No, just, like, one notch above. Like, a, a Holiday best, like Inn a Express. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. yeah. Maybe a Days Inn. Days uh, like, continental Breakfast. I love mm, a Continental Breakfast. Yeah. Maybe a Comfort Inn. That sounds Ooh, very comforting. that's nice. Yeah. All right. All right. Let us know so, if you're interested in that. And we'll yeah, set you, up. we'll tell you up at, at the end uh, how to contact us <laughs> and if that's something that you're you're, you're down for. And by the way, though, I don't think the hotel will let random people come in and use the bathroom. So if you're down with that porta potty or you're good with going outside, yeah. we can make this happen. Yep. Get Compound a, get a city. Poop trowel. Oh, you gotta man. have the poop trowel when you. Yeah. That non-existent camping and hiking that we do. I'm glad trowel. you know about all that. I don't mm-hmm. know about a poop trowel. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so back to the Shiloh Forestry Compound. That mm, that word. So let's give you a little bit of history okay. before I tell you about the haunting. I'm excited. Okay. So it's 1888. Great year. Uh, George Vanderbilt, one of the wealthiest men in America at that point, had decided that he was going to build a country home in Asheville, North Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> A country home, my A country ass. home. You know, again, when you think country home, you think like, I don't know, maybe nice a small little cottage. Little, like little, co- little small little cabin. Yeah. Little, you know, somewhere country in the mountains. Home. Yes, yes. Oh, no, no, no. He, he did it big. You yeah. know, he loved the mountains. He loved the fresh air. And he's like, you know what? I got to be here. So by Christmas Eve, 1895, construction on George's little country home was complete. The house, of course, was not little. Mm-hmm. It is actually one of the largest private homes in America mm-hmm. at about 175,000 square feet. Huge. Uh, and it sits on nearly 11 miles of land. Have you been inside the house? I have. Oh, I went at Christmas one year. Oh, but it was beautiful. Gorgeous. Yes. Gorgeous. It is so pretty. And just the... Um, the land around it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so well maintained and it's just beautiful. The spring yeah. is lovely too. Yes. When I was a kid, my, I was on a folk dance clogging team. Same. Um, which I did actually all the way through college. Um, but this the youth team that I was on, we danced at the Biltmore house. Um, gosh, it was lovely. I feel like at least once a month. Oh my gosh. Only, wow, only, we were like outside the house because you're, taps on your shoes echo too much to be inside <laughs> that makes sense so we were like right outside the house and they moved us to one of the barns well and they say that biltmore is actually very haunted itself oh yeah for sure so maybe you know we can save up do an yes. episode on that yeah. which would be really exciting it'd be kind of cool to do it from there right but, you know passes are not they're cheap. not cheap <laughs> No, and we are. So, you know, that could be an issue. Mm -hmm. George, while content with his massive property, (laughs) I don't see how he couldn't be, uh, had a growing interest in the lush greenery that surrounded him. And in fact, he wanted to make sure that the grounds um, were well maintained and cared for. He actually researched and sought out a German forestry specialist by the name of Carl A. Schink. 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 I like it. 
I do too. Uh, Carl was one of the co-founders of forestry school in Germany and is largely credited with making forestry a science. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. So Carl worked for a forest service in Germany. Um, he was the foremost uh, forest ambassador and received his PhD in forestry science. Me too. I love that. I didn't realize that Carl and I had so many commonalities. <laughs> with you with your forestry degree? Over yeah, there. In, in the hotel. In the hotel. <laughs> I won't feel outside. Right. Uh, feels right. It, it does. Does does no? Right. We have a forestry. I don't know if we have a forestry team, but like, um, the the county schools that I work in, they have a really big FFA mm-hmm. like group team. <clears throat> Which club. for those of you who don't know, that's Future Farmers of America. Mm-hmm. And are like they're so good. They're the team to beat. I mean, wow. They're really. I mean, phenomenal. The people who run it and our school are fantastic. And that group's really great. But they, I believe, I don't know if they have a forestry team, but I believe when my brother was younger, he did forestry hmm. through that group. Like, really? went to competition. I don't think he did well. Wait, um, there's competitions? Yeah. Oh my like, gosh. FFA has all these competitions and they go to, and there's, like, different categories. There's, like, animal science, like, stuff with animals, and then they do, like, forestry and, like, natural resources and like horticulture i really think that that would all this cool somewhat stuff. be up my son's alley somewhat mm-hmm. he likes some like farming equipment he's much more into like construction equipment, yeah but well they do like i mean they have to i think one of the categories is like identifying tools oh my god like tool identification <laughs> i feel i may be making this up if you're into ffa let me know if i'm totally talking out my butt here which it could be but you never know. I just like I always like read their reports when they come back from competition of like who plays and what, and then they do like all this interview stuff and like very professional. Interesting. Like it's really really cool if you have it if you have like kids or whatever. Um, it's super. It's a really cool club. I had absolutely and no group. idea. It's awesome FFA, get involved. Super cool. So a lot of this really was brought about by Carl when he came to the U.S. So. I mean, had a PhD, so this guy knew a thing or two about moss trees, mm-hmm. all the he knew things. The, the leaves, the, he, the he knew branches. about the, the trees and the leaves that fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Got just it. like we do. Yep. You know, I'm, I've got my PhD too. So, <laughs> uh, Carl's boss let him know, "Hey, there's a rich dude in the U.S. who wants you to come and build a school of forestry on his property." Sure. <laughs> he wants you to educate others on how to maintain this landscape. Uh, he was also told that this great adventure would be worth his while financially and would further his career. Okay. Carl said, heck yeah. He hopped a boat and traveled from his home in Darmstadt, Germany to the U.S. George was waiting on him. <laughs> Nice. I'm just at the port was ready. <laughs> well, and I don't think George was in New York when he came, but you know, he was just he, standing there he like, <laughs> with a sign that said, "I'm rich." Carl, I'm rich. <laughs> Carl, <laughs> Carl, <laughs> Mr. Shink, I am ready for you. Just said Carl. I think that's his first name, right? It is Carl. It is. But when I was typing this, I kept writing mm-hmm. Carol. <laughs> And I was like, no, Holly, not Carol. Carl. Uh, But yeah, he probably was. And uh, maybe he just had a lot of cards. And (laughs) so he didn't speak and he cycled through and it said forestry. Forestry. I am rich. I love you. I love you. 
please come build this this house for me. Yes, I'm sure someone of his elite stature was right. actually there he was, himself. Yeah, he was not. He sent somebody. A hundred percent. hundred percent. To collect him. To collect him and bring <clears throat> him back to North Carolina. <clears throat> so... George wanted to make sure that Carl was using his scientific know-how to take care of the land. That was really important to him. I like that. And he didn't just want anybody. You know, I guess when you have that kind of money, you can be picky and choosy. Um, Now, I do have a yard guy, by the way. um, But really, his only qualifications is that he has a mower, a weed eater, and some (laughs) basic skills. You know, I mean, I don't... Honestly. Yeah. I do... um, I mow... But now that it's winter, I'm not having to mow right now, which is really nice. Um, My brother, who is also my roommate, um, currently um, takes care of the hedges. Nice. got the hedge trimmer. They can get out of hand. Yeah, they get wild. Yes, they do. And I don't trust myself with that hedge trimmer. It's scary. Lose an arm. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And, you know, you need your arms. Yeah, I do. Someone such as I, who has the PhD in forestry, um, I am very equipped with equipment. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why I have someone in my yard. I say, you know what? I, I, I don't want to make the neighbors feel bad with my skill set. Right. So have somebody else do it. So I'm going to have somebody else do it so they don't feel bad. I feel bad. That's usually what I do. Yeah. And and to keep on par with the HOA. So anyway. (laughs) All right. So George had an old farmhouse on his land and had advised Carl that this would be a wonderful place to build a forestry compound Nice. The old farmhouse was torn down, and a new building, a compound, was erected. It's a lot. (laughs) It is a lot. George worked really hard, and by 1898, so three years after coming to the U.S., he opened the Biltmore School of Forestry. Cool. At that point, that's what it was called. Yeah. Uh, The school was the first forestry school to be opened in North America. But, you know, shortly other people heard about it, so there's one that quickly opened in New York, you know, obviously. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the school provided a year-long training that included lectures during the day and then hands-on forestry training during the afternoon. The school was very successful, and Carl proved himself to be one of the top foresters in the country. He introduced a great deal about management systems and how to properly care for the ecosystem that surrounded them. Um, and I really feel like uh, I need Carl's help in just basically keeping plants alive. Yeah, I have several that I'm I'm questioning my mm. I'm questioning my PhD. Yeah, and I say to myself, Holly, they wouldn't have given you that PhD in forestry if you didn't know <laughs> what you were doing. How so to keep those plants alive. When I start having doubts, um, I just tell myself, "You got this." And when the I, plant dies in your kitchen window. I tell myself, you got this. I toss it in the garbage and I start again because you know what? I got this. You got to keep trying. Yep. Exactly. Keep trying. Now, the the positive thing is I've been able to keep my child alive. That's good. I think that's, that's the good. overriding. Mm-hmm. That's the most that's important. that's the most important one. Yeah. yeah. And that's probably why I can't always pay attention to those plants. True. But anyway. Yeah. Um, if you're curious what a typical day at the forestry school was like. I am. Um, as I mentioned, mornings would always start out with lectures from Carl detailed lectures that had his students just wow amazed at his skill set and his knowledge nice afternoons were spent exploring the forest and using the techniques taught by carl earlier in the morning Hmm. so i like that actually because 
it really is sort of an unofficial assessment every single day. Yeah. So what did you learn in school this morning? I can apply it this afternoon. I think it's pretty cool. It's nice. Carl was very hard on his students <laughs> and very demanding of them. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But his students weren't offended by his perfectionism. Uh, in fact, they looked at him with a great deal of esteem and respect. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, I would think he, he seems like he could be kind of harsh. Um, yeah. But I appreciate that. I mean, if they're paying all this money, maybe they wanted to be beaten a little bit. Like, True. You know, <clears throat> verbally beaten down. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe with a stick somewhere a stick. in the forest. We don't know. We don't know what happened out there. <laughs> don't know what's going on in those woods. <laughs> Stay out. Uh, by 1908, the forestry school was on display when they opened up their theories to the public during the Biltmore Forest Fair. Soon, many others became interested in forestry. Actually, that's a great way to yeah. promote. You know, like, let's have this big fair. People can actually see what we're doing. And this, you know, brings more interest to the school mm -hmm. and probably more funding, too. Yeah. Carl had a booming business on his hands and was pretty self-sustaining, meaning that he didn't need a lot of financial support from George Vanderbilt. He yeah. kind of started with the support from George, but then built it into this really, you know, good business. Cool. Eventually, though... As all things do, times got tough and tempers flared between George and Carl. Mm. George had fallen on hard times financially and planned to sell off a lot of the forestry, which would obviously impact Carl and his work. So Carl was also upset because George had owed him money. At one point to keep the school going, George told Carl to reach out to the banks for loans. Mm. And he would help pay back the loan when times were better. Well, Carl reached out for the loans and he got them, um, but George didn't pay for them. So then Carl was on the line for that money. Yikes. Yeah. Carl confronted George, uh, which led to Carl officially being fired. Carl continued to run the school from a distance, but it was pretty hard to manage. I mean, this was before Zoom, you know. Right, right. Uh, and it ended up closing in 1913. Mm. Uh, Carl went back to Germany, where he eventually died in 1955. Dang. Yeah, so. George Vanderbilt died the following year after the school closed. So he died in 1914, and his estate was left to his wife, who ended up selling off about 86,000 acres, and she sold them for $5 an acre. Dang. Which, I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but in 1914, $5 lot, yeah. was a lot. Um, and an she, she sold them to the Forestry Service, which has now become part of the Pisgah National Forest. Mm -hmm. um, and this was actually George Vanderbilt's wish, that, you know, if she had to sell off the land, that she would sell it off to somebody who would preserve it right. in the right Not way. Not just develop it and put lots of houses on it. Exactly, which we see so common now. I know. Yeah. So from my understanding, though, the forestry school building um, is still on that land um, at this point, And cool. so it was not touched, which is good. Uh, so once the school closed in 1913, the building was left vacant for at least seven years. And as we all know, Often vacant buildings make the perfect place for debauchery. So much debauchery. So much debauchery. And raccoons. <laughs> what? And raccoons. And other vermin. And ugh, possums. Vermin. Rats. Squirrels. Yes. And squirrels. You have squirrels on your roof. In the attic. In the attic. That's terrible. Yeah. 
I had bats in my attic. That's exciting. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's exciting. Yeah, it was. But they had to have um, specialists come and, and remove. And you can only remove bats certain times of the year. August huh. being, you know, one of the times. So yeah. they they go in and, and they remove them and do all the things they need to do to make sure you don't get bats in your attic. Exciting. Yeah. I do like bats. I think they're cool. I don't they necessarily want them in my attic. Yeah, no. no. But I like when they fly around yeah at dusk yeah they're kind of cool well we you know we want to make sure when we're doing those recess lights that um there aren't any bats in the attic yeah true yeah Yeah. it's always a problem yeah okay uh so (laughs) the forestry compound was pretty secluded in the woods Mm -hmm. um so it's not like a lot of people would be passing by um soon the compound was up and running again but not with forestry nerds uh no no Haley, what do you think took over the compound besides rodents? Besides raccoons? Yeah. Um, religious cult. Oh, that would be fun. Just, it feels right. Oh, it does <laughs> feel right. That's Nudist like... colony. <gasps> Ooh. Also feels right for the area. It does feel right. Especially, it's Asheville. It does. It feels right. Somebody who let their armpit hair just dangle. Just, just... blow in the breeze. Mm-hmm. And, and the scent just walk just towards you. Topless. I mean, do your thing. Like, yeah, whatever floats your that boat. Feels that feels very free. Very Asheville. It does. Very. Freeing. Like, mm-hmm. I, I kind of love that for them. I don't think I could do it. I say, I. But, like, if that's for you, go right ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would love. prefer you bathed, shaved, and clothed. I see. I don't really care. Do your thing. No, I'm saying when we do this podcast. Oh, when we do yeah. this podcast, yeah. so I <laughs> tell you, man, I need to go put clothes on. Yes, I've told you this repeatedly. You cannot use your laptop to cover. To cover. It doesn't mm, do it. Got it, got it. Okay. So. <laughs> no. Um, any other guess about what you think this turned into? Other than religious cult, nudist colony. Um, site for satanic rituals. No, but that does sound groovy. No, that's all I got. Whorehouse. <gasps> How could I have forgotten a whorehouse? Exactly. Golly. How? How? The most fun out of all of them. <laughs> a great way to make money. I, I mean, mean come on. That's right up there with, I mean. Use your skills. As fun as place for satanic rituals. That's true. It really is. Both seem like a good time. It really does. And that's unfortunate that you didn't get that right. So, mm. you know, it's fine prostitutes began meeting their johns in the compound and it became a notorious secret meeting place quote unquote like you know a secret that we all know about the secret we all know about sex work is happening mm-hmm. we're doing the thing yep in the old forestry compound in the old forestry co- wow that just feels right it does doesn't that it feels right it does mm. it does okay assuming that you are a willing participant yes and willing participant prepared for what happens yeah um, and that you are you know everybody is healthy and not there against their will exactly then but it sounds like a great time it does but the big problem with the whorehouse is well there goes the neighborhood <laughs> well, <laughs> no, it, kinda, it might be an asset it, i don't know it kind of ruins the country home ambiance don't you think? Does it? I think it does. does it? I think, you know, it's like, I will have my 175,000 square foot country home, and oh, there's the whorehouse. 
the house of ill repute the house of it kind of though works with what we're planning of we're in the hotel and then there are random tent cities in front of it are we running a brothel i mean we could that's better money in that that is true yeah let's let let's not let that come to this you know at this point no i think we're we're doing all right yeah. Nah, we're surviving. We're yeah. We'll, we'll come back. To <laughs> but that. I mean, like, no, I think that's a uh, you know, one just popped up in your neighborhood. How would you feel? I don't know how that would happen. Um, I'm gonna live in a pretty nice suburban family oriented. <laughs> I mean, that seems I mean, like the perfect place for one. I mean, I guess people would know. Randy at the guard shack may have some questions about these random men who are just coming in and just out. Rolling in. I'm here to see Holly. Actually, no, no. I need a name that's not my own. Um. Hmm. What sounds like a, uh, <laughs> a whorehouse name for me? Oh, God. I don't know. Like Pinky or something, you know? Like <laughs> Pinky. I'm here to um, see Pinky. Here to see sparkles oh oh that's nice yeah i'm trying to think of my friends who are exotic dancers and the names that they go by (laughs) i do like sparkles none of them go by sparkles so no Mm. we'll think on that i'm here to see diamonds no that's diamond that's a good one oh but i'd say i know a person in real life named diamond and i don't think she would engage we don't know if it was extra money you know everybody i mean needs a little extra cash you know if that's your thing again if that's your and thing that's and you're thing. a willing participant you go for it exactly i don't want you to venmo me it's going to be cash only cash only yeah yep i like it all right leave it on the dresser all so right. we've got this brothel <clears throat> so we got this brothel going on and i have no idea if the vanderbilt family at this point was aware of what was going on I like um, to think they were. you know george's widow and daughter owned the property so maybe they did maybe they're just like eh whatever so while the brothel was in full swing, it was also rumored that the place was where uh, people would go to sometimes commit suicide, mm-hmm. namely hang themselves. And th- there were also, there was this place where, I, so I'm going to word it like this, and then we're going to kind of maybe play catch up on this. So where vigil aunties would take quote unquote criminals and lynch them. Um, and the last execution, I say that in air quotes, was took place in the early 50s. Now, Here's what I want to say. Oh, it feels very sketchy. I don't want to use the word vigil ante uh, exactly because I am very unclear on what this was. Right. We are talking about Jim Crow South. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if this was like a lynch mob thing of yeah. people, you know. That's why I felt, felt icky. Racism and, and all that. So it could be that. But it also seems like the place where a lot of just like debauchery was happening you know what i mean like yeah. almost like a satanical you know sort of thing Just so thing. i i mean either way i don't know either way it's horrible not great yeah so later on <laughs> in the 60s it was a place where people would go drink and get high okay yeah all right that's fine <laughs> sure that sitting feels better than any of the other activities we've done so far sitting in the forest compound <laughs> getting high <laughs> All right, so now you've got the history. It's time to talk about the hauntings. Yes, yes, yes. All right, it is believed that in the 1920s, a prostitute was murdered by one of her johns at the compound. Mm. 
I know. Her spirit is said to be one of the many residing there. Other spirits that haunt them include uh, those who have been hanged and even Carl Schink himself. He came back from Germany. (laughs) (laughs) He got on a ship and he's back. He's back. (laughs) Um, It was said that the last word Schink said to George Vanderbilt was how he would get his revenge. All right. Yeah. So you're going to fire me? Okay, George. I'll just haunt the shit out of this I'm never place. leaving. <laughs> but he did leave. He, d- But I mean. But then he came back. But then he came back. Okay. <laughs> yes. All right. <laughs> and, it, and kind of has that ownership of like, this space is mine. Yeah. That conversation in the afterlife of like, listen, I know I died in Germany, but. Yeah. If there's any way. That does breed the question the place and location where you died isn't necessarily where you're going to haunt. You could really haunt anywhere. Yeah. Assuming that they come to me and say, all right. Yeah, they have, I have that like, meeting with HR. Yeah. Oh. I'd like to be a part of that so I could take notes. Mm-hmm. And then help with your assignments. Mm-hmm. That really does help. So, yeah. I mean, even if you died, Haley, somewhere else and you said, I really, I mean, it means a lot to me to haunt this particular mm-hmm. space. Mm-hmm. I would say, you know what? I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. I like it. On trial run, you're on a... Well, a 90 day. A 90 day. Yeah. And if you do well, then we'll keep you on. But we have to see how it goes. And that's what we did with Carl Schenk. Clearly. He said, I want my revenge. We said, you got it, dude. And so now he is forever haunting the compound. Nice. But the first ever known hauntings of the forestry compound were said to take place in the early 1960s. Some of the residents of Asheville passing through noticed lights turning on and off in random windows. Um, There's also been occurrences of doors opening and closing all by themselves, you know. Raccoons. It could be. They do have hands. It's just raccoons. It's just raccoons. (laughs) Those raccoons are chewing through wires. There are electrical issues in that place. They are opening doors. Yeah. Raccoons. They are pretty uh, mischievous little creatures. Yeah. So those uh, individuals who actually were brave enough to go inside the compound Mm. said that no matter how much, uh, like, how it was warm outside, like, felt like, you know, it was 95 degrees outside. When you would go inside of the building, it was freezing cold. Mm. Which, if you all have watched The Sixth Sense, um, they say that when you're about to experience or you're near like you know ghostly spirits or you're in somewhere that's haunted it's very very cold yeah and you would you know like see your breath um (laughs) so one visitor believed that the temperature inside the building um was actually around 40 degrees in the summer now i've been in old built old buildings like that that were drafty they're drafty but also they are colder yes like they do they're just not insulated well Right, but like even in the summer, like they're cooler. Yeah, inside, like I've been in like old, um, up in in old like, compounds, <laughs> um, up on uh, like in Cades Cove in the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. They have all these different structures and like little churches and little houses that were built way back when, and you can go in and they are cold, mm-hmm. like they're just colder. So like, they're not well insulated, but they're well built to where they hold. Right. Here's a bit of the problem, though. If it's 95 degrees outside and you go into a building it's and not it's gonna 40, be 40, yeah, that just... Yeah, it may be like... I could see it being, you know, 20, 10, 20 degrees colder. Right. 
inside than Put outside. Not 40 degrees. Maybe not 40, 50 yeah. degrees colder. Yeah. So, I mean, that's indicative of, you know, maybe some... There's some other than happening. raccoons. Other than raccoons. Yeah. Another previous visitor had reported seeing a tightened noose that was still hanging from one of the rafters. Children. (laughs) Youths. Oh, those silly youths. (laughs) Youths. Stagnabbit. Just getting their highs by trying to die. But, like, no, just, you know, doing. Just plain, you know, being silly, like on Halloween or something. Yeah. Youths. So, apparently, there are some toilets downstairs that, when flushed, uh, fill with blood. Rust in the pipes. <laughs> Sorry. Sure. So all, okay. These are all. It's just rusty. Absolutely. Yeah, but like, have you ever turned your water on? Like, I know when there's issues with, like, if the water hasn't been running a really long time, like your power goes out or they're working on the line or something and you turn it on and it is like a rust color. More brownish. Like a brownish, reddish yeah. color that comes out. Yeah, but filling with blood blood i don't know there's a difference between rust and blood i'm gonna go with rust sure you will okay you're ruining my story i know i am <laughs> i'll go with rust <laughs> all right we'll go with rust okay she's trying to make um, i'm trying some, to make some logical rationalizing this rationalizing she doesn't it. want she it, this can't have happened to the forestry school i know <sighs> you gotta preserve it. Others have reported seeing shadowy figures moving around and have felt the presence um, to the point where they were fleeing in terror. Mm. Raccoons? I tell you what, I uh, here's what they were doing. Raccoons were urinating in blood into the toilets <laughs> and uh, turning on lights, moving door. Yeah, they were doing all the I things. I don't know about the shadow. I don't know if I can do shadowy figures. I mean, maybe it was just uh, like the moonlight shining through the trees in such a way. I'm going to I'm going to let you have that. Maybe, but I don't buy it. Okay. Also, sounds of singing believed to have been coming from the spirit of a murdered prostitute can also be heard. Owls. Around the world for $500. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, according to locals, the forestry compound is said currently to be off limits uh, because of the prostitution and drug activity that have occurred in the past. They're sort of afraid that thrill seekers will come and, you know, gain access, ghost hunters, you know, all the things. Yeah. So they're, they've kind of kept it barricaded. Um, the building is still standing, um, and there's no word if they're going to tear it down or not. I don't think they will because I think it's it's probably – a piece of history. I don't know if it's on any kind of registry or anything. Probably um, is. It might be, you know, whorehouse. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually now called the Shiloh Forestry Compound instead of Biltmore. Um, the thing with Asheville is it's a lot of the Biltmore area has been sort of divided out and mm-hmm. sold These over time. And there is a community known as Shiloh. So, um, and it's across from Biltmore Forest, which is a very exclusive neighborhood Mm -hmm. um so it might be in that area not 100 percent. anyway it's off limits um and you may also see a lot of no trespassing signs so bummer but do know um please do not uh 
traipse on property that is not yours, you will get arrested. And so we're not advocating that. Um, You will be fined. Exactly. So just keep that in mind. But if you want to explore the Biltmore Estate, um, you are welcome to go there for a small fee. And uh, they have beautiful walking trails. Mm-hmm. They have a winery. Yeah, There's even if you so don't much to do. go inside the house, because I know house tickets are pretty high. Yeah. Um, but like, I think just property. grounds passes are not, like during certain seasons, they're not that high. A friend of mine used to, we would go there and we'd walk together a lot. Um Actually, one night you and I and some colleagues were supposed to go to a winery, but there was Haley was was on on call call. and she had a crisis, so she couldn't go. So we all got to go, and it was freezing, Um, but it was so beautiful. I did not. I made it. I did make it on the grounds, and then had to leave. I had to leave immediately because I was on call. Mm -hmm. So I had to. That was pretty. I had to do the drop off because we had a certain number of cars that could go in. So I did the drop off and. And had to go deal with crisis till late in the night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I got back home at like one in the morning. This was a bit before my son was born, so I had a little bit more freedom yeah, back yeah. in those days. That was, but that was my last on-call shift at that job. Good for you. That was what it was. It was my last on-call shift, and I probably didn't know it at that point. I did. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was my um, last on-call. Who's I'd, to say? Right, last on-call shift, and it was a a doozy. Whew. Good times. Well. Um, if you have the opportunity, explore Biltmore. This is the story about the forestry compound. I hope you enjoyed it. I sure did. I, did I learned too. a lot. Um, so hopefully Haley and I will get our own compound started. Yeah. Get your tents. Get ready. those tents ready. If you want to contact us and tell us all about uh, how you want to join our compound, I don't know what we'd be. What would we be? I mean, I don't know. I've seen on TikTok recently the like, um, of course, the question of like, what would it take for you to join a cult? Oh yeah, and it's like money. That would be my number one money. Yeah, if you paid me. If you paid me, I would be there. Um, if there was, I'm trying to think of the ones I've heard of. It's like any weird sex stuff. I'm out. Like mm, not into that. She's in. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. I can't. In and out. Whatever. Um, <laughs> like limited religious context. Like I feel like once you start bringing that in, it gets a little yeah. gets a little dicey yeah. sometimes. Yeah. So not really feeling that. Um, you tell me I can't scream during labor. That's a problem. Yeah, it's gonna be an if issue. If I have to sleep with uh, the main guru. Yeah, not feeling that. No, mm, no, not a fan of that. Um, but like you know, a group meditation. I could be on board with um yoga um nothing where they like sleep deprive or starve you orgies out <clears throat> yeah that's out that's out um you know just uh i would be fine with letting my armpit hair grow yeah like that would be cool um i'd shave my head that sounds very Manson. It does, but if I needed to, I would. Please don't put a swastika. I will not do that. Yeah, no. <clears throat> no swastikas, no, no, you know, racial things. Um, no. No. I don't know. We'll brainstorm on that one. <laughs> if you want to join our cult and compound, please reach out to us. You can do so by... 
It's just so terrible. Shooting us an email uh, at mountainmysteries.appalachian at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at Mountain Mysteries, Tales from Appalachia. You can find us on Instagram at mountainmysteries.appalachia. And if you want to hear more about how to get involved, uh, go to patreon.com slash mountainmysteries. Haley, uh, do you have a shout out this week? Yeah, sure. Give me like 2.5. Um, I'm finding it. I'm finding one. I'm finding one. I kind of forgot this was my job right now. It's um, it's all right. Uh, I am at her house. I drove here. Mm-hmm. We're in the podcast room. One would yeah. think. One would think, but yeah. One would think. Um, we're gonna go with. Uh, how about yes. Wooster, Ohio? Ooh, Wooster, Ohio. Do you want to join? Join the Colts. Compound? Join the cult compound. We'll, the cult compound. But I think this is, I think we're on the right track that we're in the bougie days in. Yeah. And they're outside. The yeah. ta- I mean, I that feel like feels very. Feels very culty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I want there to be photos of us, like um, a, a large painting of us. <laughs> and everybody's like, oh, <laughs> they have to bow to the Haley in the holly. Sh- sh- I don't, that they're makes like, me uncomfortable. These are our leaders. <laughs> Ooh. I don't want to lead anybody. Who are we going to have commission our portrait? <laughs> I wouldn't get my son. He's very busy. Um, I don't know. Youths. Youths of America. I like that. Youths. Just find some youths. Youths. That's very New York of you. Mm-hmm. Youths of America. Youths. Youths. I like, I like that. Cool. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, y'all. We're going to end this. Let's please. (laughs) Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.